0: Morning. So, thinking about um, helmet of salvation, and Mark read Ephesians earlier. Actually, the helmet salvation comes up uh, in Thessalonians as well. And in Thessalonians, Paul talks about it as the hope of the helmet of salvation. And the context, you know, the context is that you know Paul's writing to the Ephesians here, and he's been through, um, you know, just the theology and the uh, rules for holy living. And now he's closing, he's bring them back to the big picture that we're engaged in uh well the, the Ephesians are engaged in a in a battle. And as Mark showed earlier, you know the helmet is it's defensive. Yeah, the helmet is about uh protecting the thing that's most important, your head. And I think Paul's saying here, yeah guys, look, we've got you're engaged in this battle. You've got to understand the importance of salvation for you to be effective in this in this battle. So this morning, um, yeah, I want to touch on three things um, that relate to salvation that I think should be influencing us um, as we go into this week. And yeah, we're engaged in this battle as well. And I want to do that uh, using Colossians chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible, uh, you might want to have Colossians chapter chapter 2 open. And there are th- three things I want us to think about. And so the first is this. It's that um, we are saved. Okay, we are saved, and if you've got uh, if you've got your Bible open at Colossians chapter two, I just want to read a few a few verses. So I'll read just from uh, verse six uh, onwards for a few verses. So it says in Colossians chapter two, verse six: So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised, in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ." having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So, if you look at so if you put the next slide, Andy, if you look at that passage from Colossians, just highlighted in yellow here, there's a lot that's going on in the past tense. So it's, you were circumcised, you have been buried with Jesus in baptism, you were raised, God made you alive, he forgave all our sins, he cancelled the charge, he has taken it away, the point I think Paul's making here to um, the Ephesians is unpacking salvation is salvation is something that has already happened. That, you know, Satan is described as the whisperer. You see when he comes in Genesis, says to Eve, you know, did God really say that? You know, sometimes um, Satan comes to us and, you know, he puts doubt in our minds. And I don't know where you are this morning, but I think what's really important as a starting point is that... um, we grab hold of the fact that you know, God can't love us more than he already loves us. And God's on our side. Yes, God wants us to be more like him. God wants to change us, and we'll think about in a moment. But fundamentally, God is on our side. God loves us. He can't love us any more than, than he does already. And um, we need to hold on to that. And I think Paul's saying to the Ephesians who are going through a difficult time, guys, grab hold of this. Your salvation has already been achieved and that's the starting. That's the starting point, and um, there's got to be a response to that to us. And I want to suggest the response to us for that is is praise. That grabbing hold of this fact that our salvation has already been achieved, God can't love us more than He already does, is that we should be praising God. When I was preparing this, I was thinking of um, you know alternative responses and and words and you know one thought was well you know this this salvation the fact that it's been achieved for us already should give us confidence and it should give us confidence or this salvation it should make us thankful and it should make us thankful but actually praise it goes beyond thankfulness praise you know thankfulness is about a response to what somebody has done for me praise is actually irrespective of what it means to me praise is just for who the person is. And I actually think praise is something we struggle with as a church. I'm not sure. I think as a church we're thankful. I think as a church we know, yes, we should be confident what's been achieved. But actually I wonder if we struggle with praise. You know, praise goes beyond thankfulness. I think praise is when you're in battle, your arm's been chopped off and you're still fighting. You know, praise is when things are going against you, you still hold on to God. You know, I'm often inspired by stories that you know, Ian comes back with from, from Africa of persecuted Christians who are still praising God in the midst of persecution. And you know, we can watch um, films like you know, Lord of the Rings. You can, you, know, you can hear the shouts of the armies. And when the armies are shouting, it strikes fear into the heart of the enemy, the other side. And I think if we're going to be um, effective for God in this battle, we actually need to learn to praise. And so the question I want to throw out Um, for us this week is, where's praise in my life this week? Where's praise in my life this week? Not, you know, am I going to this week confident because of salvation? Or am I going to this week thankful because of what God has done to me? I'm not knocking either of those two. But I am asking, where's praise? Praise is bigger than thankfulness. Praise is just worshipping God for who God is, whatever it looks like for me this week. And if we can... Declare praise. Then, actually, I think that strikes fear into Satan. I think if we want to move forward personally, if we want to move forward as a body, that's something we've got to get hold of. That's something we've got to learn. That's something we've got to learn to do. So, the first aspect of helmet salvation is we're saved. The second aspect is we are being saved. So, it's a, it's an on- ongoing thing, not just not just a past thing. And, you know, Jesus has achieved for us. You know, we are saved. But it's like me saying to um, Jane, well, look, we're married. I loved you. That's it. Job done. You know, I've ticked the box. You know, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be very satisfactory for our relationship. And, um, you know, same with God. Our salvation has been achieved, but our transformation is ongoing. And it's something that, um, yeah, we need to, you know, we need to be focused on. And, you know, know, one of the films we watch in our house is is Iron Man. You know, Iron Man, he straps on the suit. You know, he straps on the suit, he's invincible. Well, the first bit, we are saved, is like us putting on our, our, our Iron Man suit. But actually, he's then got to go and do his mission. And, you know, that's the same with us. We are saved, but God gives us a mission. We are being saved. That mission's got two aspects to it. Firstly, there's a personal level to it. So it's about personal transformation. So it's about God you know, um, transforming us. It's about dying to ourselves on a, on a, on a, on a daily basis and about um, consciously seeking to bring areas of our life under God's, under God's control. But the point of that is not just for us, actually. The point of um, transformation is for the world as well. And you know, God is, is, is wanting to transform us so that he can transform the world. Jonathan and I um, had to go and do um, go and visit some castles last year for a project he was doing for school. And you think castles, you know, they're mainly defensive, aren't they? You know, very clever how they designed them in terms of the narrow staircases and the round the round towers. But as, as, you, as we got into the project, actually, you realised that there was much more to castle than defence. It was about control. It was about power projection for the for the area, and exerting influence. And I think that's the way God sees us in this world. We are here to exert influence. You know, Jesus talks about being a light on a hill. And in the same way that the castle control the surrounding area, I think our role is to be castles. So it's to grab hold of the fact that we are saved. But because we are being saved, it's ongoing, we're being transformed. God wants to reach out and transform the world, world through us. And I think there's. Um, yeah, there's a question for that as we look at this week. It's, you know, what is, you know, what is our purpose this week? Am I being purposeful about this week? When I look at this week, do I see this week, um, for me personally, how, God, how are you going to transform me? What are the areas of my life that you want to um, change this week? for the world around us what is it God that you want to do through me this week I was reading um, reading Matthew recently and I was struck when Jesus sent out the 72 Uh, he said to them go out and show that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and God's saying the same to us this week yeah go out and show our society the people we interact with go and show them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand yeah what does that what does that look like for us this week and if your week's like mine, you get into the week, it's busy, there's stuff in your face all the time. And I'm praying for me, and I you know, invite us to, you to pray for, for you. God, give me the eyes to see your kingdom this week. It starts off with being purposeful. Me thinking, what, what have I got coming up this week? Right, God, you know, how can I be purposeful? And it's not about my ability, it's about my availability. It doesn't depend on me, it depends on me offering myself to God. So I want to suggest that You know, when Paul's talking about the hope of the helmet salvation, you know, part of it is we are saved, and that we are saved should lead to praise. We are being saved, and that being saved should invite a purposeful response in us. A purposeful, God, how are you going to change me individually this week? What areas of my life do I need to give over to you? And God, how are you going to transform the world through me this week? Give me your eyes to see what's going to see what see what's going on. Then the third aspect is that we will be saved. So, I've jumped jumped um, uh, over over a few verses in in Colossians, but if you look at um, Colossians chapter three verses is one to four, it says, "Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above." Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Our future is assured. Jesus is one. Um, And I think that certainty should change our behavior. I love doing high ropes courses because uh, I, I probably like that adrenaline rush. <laughs> but the, the, I get the adrenaline rush because when you're out on that you know, plank 60 feet up, whatever it is, I know I've got safety wire. <laughs> and I've still got to cross the plank. But I think, well, the, what's the worst that can happen here? Is that I fall off and I'm just dangling there in, in, in midair. But that gives me a confidence to go and do something. And I think, you know, you, you, you look at salvation and we've got that confidence. We know the battle's already won. Um, Jonathan and I were in Oslo for a weekend last year and we went to, um, we went to the Viking Museum. And what, what struck me about the Viking Museum is you know, we all know the Vikings were fierce fighters, but what drove them forward was their belief that the afterlife was bigger than the life today. And because of that, they were such fierce fighters. And you know, the challenge of that to me is how much do I believe... In that big picture, the afterlife, how much do I believe in we will be saved? Because if I really believe in it, it's going to change how I am today. God doesn't call us to be comfortable. God doesn't call us to be safe. And that's very, very countercultural. But actually being willing to be uncomfortable, being willing to step outside of our safety zone, that's actually something God God expects. It will be driven by what we believe comes after and how big it is to us. And so for this week, I guess the question for me is, where's our perspective in this week? What does our week look like if we get hold of that perspective? One of the questions I've asked myself before, and it's um, not always the right answer, so I have to go back and ask the question again, is where am I outside my comfort zone for God? Because if the answer to that is, oh, I'm not really, there's probably something going wrong. So I've got to go back to it. Because actually, if you look at the disciples in the New Testament, it wasn't a safe journey. It wasn't controlled. It wasn't all within their, their comfort zone. It was a roller coaster ride. They had this guy who was probably going to get them killed. Most of them did end up being killed. They're being hated. He's saying puzzling things like, unless you're prepared to you know, hate your father and mother or you know, put, put, put me above everything, unless you're prepared to die so that you, know, you can bear fruit... It was really challenging. It was really uncomfortable. But the only way you can deal with that is to have that perspective at the end. That it's something, there's something bigger. And so the question this week for us, for me, is God, have I really got hold of that perspective? And if I do get hold of that perspective, what does that look like for this week for me? Is it going change, to change my behavior? So we're, um, yeah, we're going to communion in a moment. You know, trying to draw it together. You know, Paul, we're we we're, we're looking at this you know, series in spiritual armour, and it's all about fighting the battle. And I think one of the questions for me as I've gone through it is, do I realise I'm really in a battle, or actually am I a bit comfortable where I am? And so, you know, one of my prayers is, God, open my eyes, so I see the reality of the battle. But specifically about the helmet, yeah, you know, the helmet is foundational. So for us to go forward in this battle, we need to understand salvation. And we need to get hold of, you know, we are saved. But we are saved. You know, I really think we need to learn praise coming out of that. I didn't mention it earlier, but one of the... um, I love this verse in Colossians 2, verse 15. It says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Well, the message version is... He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. You know, it was intense. Jesus sweated blood. And when when something means a lot to you, you there's an emotional outpouring. So when Roman generals won their battles, they would parade the opposing general through the streets. They would humiliate them and I think that's what happened here I don't think God was kind of being polite I think he's humiliating Satan you know Satan's ultimate power was death and Jesus is saying I've just defeated it it says here you know he made a public spectacle of them or in the message he paraded them naked through the streets so there's this massive battle going on so I think you know for us this week you know I really want to encourage us to get hold of that we are saved where's the praise coming out of that And then the we are being saved. Where's the purpose coming out of that this week? What is that going to mean for me this week? How am I going to bring the kingdom of heaven? How am I going to show people the kingdom of heaven is at hand this week in my life? And then we will be saved. How am I going to let that perspective change what's going on this week? I had an experience this week where um, I met somebody who I'd interviewed a couple of months ago. And it turned out, off the basis of the interview they'd had a big life change. For what, for me, was a very innocuous question I'd asked them in the interview, they'd gone away and thought about that, and coming back and saying, effectively, they were stepping off the career treadmill for the sake of their family. Now, that person's got no idea where I'm coming from spiritually. But it's just really interesting to be like, oh, God, what was a very innocuous question totally changed somebody's perspective. And, you know, the invitation, I think, for us this week is to go through and be saying, God, open my eyes to your kingdom. Let's just be that, um, that influence that can leave the trace of you, trace of you behind. And then it's a battle that we're engaged in. You know, it's not about a, um, a battle that's about physicality. In this battle, the weapons are love, <laughs> sacrifice, suffering, self-denial. It's a totally different kind of battle. And actually, I think you know, we need God to open our eyes to one: we're in this battle. But two: how we fight this battle is not how the world will fight a battle. That's not how Jesus goes about things. I just want to close with um, a quote from uh, a guy called Tullian. I can't even pronounce his name: Chichivan or something. It's from a book called "Jesus Plus Nothing Equals Everything," which is a fantastic title: <laughs> "Jesus Plus Nothing Equals Everything." And uh, You know, for mathematicians, you can move that around and say, well, you know, everything without Jesus is nothing. Yeah, it's brilliant. But I love this quote. You know, because Jesus is strong for me, I'm free to be weak. Because Jesus won for me, I'm free to lose. Because Jesus was extraordinary, I'm free to be ordinary. And because Jesus succeeded for me, I'm free to fail. And that's True. But the irony is, if we actually get hold of all the sayings on the left, (laughs) then actually all the things on the right, God will work through us to achieve. So, if we can get hold of it because Jesus is strong for me, I'm free to be weak, the moment we realise that, God will be able to be strong through us. Or if we get hold of it because Jesus won for me, I'm free to lose, the moment we recognise that, God will be able to win through us. And because Jesus is extraordinary, I'm free to be ordinary. The moment we get hold of that and can let go of it and surrender, then God's free to move through us. And because Jesus succeeded for me, I'm free to fail. But the moment we realize Jesus succeeded, and that gives us a confidence, a freedom to live, which brings fruit. So I guess, you know, as we're going into communion, it seems very appropriate. You know, we've been thinking about the helmet of salvation, the hope of the helmet of salvation. So, you know, three things, praise purpose, perspective that you might want to think about. What does that look like for me this week? But also, that God, you'll take me deeper into who Jesus is and what Jesus has achieved. Because if I get hold of that, then actually everything else will follow in this battle.